Hello, welcome back to the War in Our Stars. I'm Nora. I'm joined by Jackson. Hello. And Autumn. Hi. We're here to talk about the last book in the Thrawn trilogy. The last Star Wars book ever. The last they never command. Made, they never made any more after this. They made so many more after this. What? Yeah. When? Immediately after this. <laughs> Before this one came out. Um, last Command. It's the end of the Thrawn trilogy, not the end of Thrawn. Um, mm, on this that's podcast. That's the end. Oh, I mean. <laughs> it Spoiler appears alert. to be Thrawn. <laughs> um, there will be, I mean, there's the Hand of Thrawn duology. Mm-hmm. later and there's also prequel stuff with thrawn i think that, does he there, come that is back correct. after this book like after uh, this great book question great i don't question. know i don't know what the hand of th- like i assume it means he's got a his own mara jade situation going on he might or have his own mara jade he situation. might have his own luke situation going on <laughs> oh thrawn <laughs> me thrawn you oh no <laughs> But yeah, he's, I know there's Outbound Flight, which tries to resolve everything that happens in this book with the Clone Wars. Yes, the actual <laughs> Clone Wars that the come actual. in later. And then there's like a bunch of new Thrawn books later um, the, that have to deal with all that shit. There's also, well, well, Outbound Flight is also tying stuff in prequel stuff to New Jedi Order stuff as well. Oh, right, because the whole thing with, th- th- not to get ahead of ourselves, but this this trilogy is not about Thrawn having a secret plan to deal with the Vong. <laughs> <laughs> I think Thrawn might be Palpatine's secret plan to deal with the Vong. Question mark? Question Asterisk? mark? The little cross? Well, I, but Disney saw this, but like, what if he was uh, Palpatine's secret plan to deal with question mark question mark question mark <laughs> I, I, well, I, I know he still has a secret plan of the new canon but i don't know what it is so I, know I know that thrawn and anakin are friends during the clone wars and then thrawn and vader are friends during the rebellion but i don't know what thrawn is actually doing there's only one thing i know about those series that those books which is that there is a scene where thrawn goes to a bar to talk to an informant and says, "How about I order the cool, qu- cool uh, draft of in- of information, <laughs> or something like that? Maybe it's the cool quaff of information, or drought, or draft. I don't know. It's a weird, dumb thing. But in this is, book, is thrown in Clone Wars. I thought it was only in Rebels. Clone Wars conceptually, not Clone Wars the series." Okay, so so when they bring him in in Rebels, he's like, hello, Anakin, I remember you from the Clone Wars. Uh, I don't think he and Vader are in a scene together in Rebels. Okay, well, I, mean, I'm, I'm I only know about watch it. the like so. three or four Thrawn books that are out now. Oh, right, Thrawn Ascendancy and whatever. Yeah, they made a uh, new Thrawn trilogy. And they've got I- Timothy Zahn to come back and write a new Thrawn trilogy. <laughs> Timothy Zahn is going to take that paycheck. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's taking the money and he's not giving it He's back. not getting the money from the first trilogy. We know that's <laughs> we not know that's happening. Not yeah. um, I'm going to try and remember what happens in this book. Yeah, let's discuss. It's been a few months. Yeah. yeah. And Everybody's life has been on fire a little bit. Oh, you have no. I mean, I mean, you have your own ideas. We've all. It's all happening. It's all kicking off. <laughs> oh, People God. listen to the other podcasts. They know. <laughs> oh, it's bad. The last command details the end of the Thrawn uh, sort of conflict, 
We have Luke trying to track down where all the clones are coming from. We have... I think Luke ends up on the Nogri homeworld. Yes. For a little while. Um, yeah, maybe the easiest way to summarize this book is to, like, what's Luke up to during this book? Luke tries to find the cloning facilities, and then he goes to Honegger, where the Nogri live, and helps conv- they've already been convinced of that the empire is bad he's there for some reason i think he has to <laughs> i think he takes a pit stop at the no he just takes home. a pasta pit stop <laughs> pasta just a pasta pit stop <laughs> um admiral thrawn launches a bunch of meteors at coruscant mm-hmm and some of <laughs> and some of them have cloaking devices, so they can't take the shields down because they don't know how many asteroids are gonna fall. Mm-hmm. This seems dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Even people in the book are like, "Thrawn's like the surgical tactics guy." This seems dumb. <laughs> There is an attack on Leia and Mara Jade is I feel like our summaries book to book have become more and more just like, things happened, I think. (laughs) I finished this book a while back and I have not reread the summary on Wikipedia to remind myself. Uh, Thrawn sends a like troop of imperial commandos to go uh both right. kidnap uh the uh leia's kids uh, yes. who are about to be born at this time uh, and also uh murder uh mara jade who after all the stuff is like recovering in the uh rebel or the, i guess the republic like you know, medical situation on Coruscant. um and he's like i'm gonna send my elite commandos and we'll kill two birds with one stone uh and it goes the other way it goes very bad <laughs> yeah them. but it and but it, Thrawn had a plan for this, mm-hmm. which was that if they get captured, they implicate Mara Jade in the attack. But yes. this then goes nowhere because Leia decides to trust her anyway. <laughs> so the Leia decides to trust her. They're all like, oh, the, the, the government says you're bad, but we're going to betray them. Because remember when we betrayed the government in, in when we were the Empire? That's just like this. Betraying your own government is so different to having an actual civil war. Uh, it's basically the same thing. It's no different. I said so different, but I meant it's the same. Han literally uses this logic to justify why it's okay to betray their own laws that they made for themselves. Yes. Um, as they break Marjade out, Marjade's like, oh, shit, I'm remembering the plot. Um, I know the where the cloning facility is. The force is guiding me. Just get me in the area and then I'll be able to navigate from there. So all the characters that matter go off to the cloning facility and have a big fight. Meanwhile, Thrawn has a fight with no one that matters on Coruscant because everyone's yes. dealing with Sabayoth. Uh, yes. Yeah, Sabayoth is also doing horny mind control stuff in this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, Thrawn... Uh, Iblis joins the, the rebellion public. D- after D- a, a... Iblis joins the, like upper echelon of the new republic military after he like makes up with his ex mon mothma 
is extremely the vibe of this scene. But he also, like, specifically waits until they come over and, like, say, oh, I'm sorry, please come help us. Uh Uh-huh. And then, also there's the miracle hacker kid. Who doesn't matter. He does matter. He gets through all of the security stuff. He finds Delta Source, which is the plants, like I said last time. Yeah. Well, that was pretty obvious. It was pretty obvious, because in the, fir- the first book, they're like, Palpatine planted these. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure he did just because he loves trees. <laughs> he likes the trees that look like lava lamps. If there's one but- thing we know about Palpatine, it's not that he's planning for every single contingency. <laughs> that is not his defining characteristic. <laughs> Crucially, though... The plants have, like, recorders in them, which I think is the stupidest fucking thing you can do when you are in a universe where life forms can be magic and communicate with each other. Why are they just force plants that can communicate things? They should just be, like, bonded with another set of trees on the Chimera. You're in a fantasy universe. Do something. Ah, uh, the, the, he uh, he had the the uh, fucking Nixon White House tapes running the whole time. Like, boring. <laughs> Boo. It's also funny because um, on the flip side, they do have a magic reason for why um, Thrawn can make so many clones so quickly, and it's that. <laughs> okay, so the other part. This is of like this... the mystery that concerns like most of the book. Yes. So. Preamble to how they solved the mystery is that uh, toward the beginning of this book is Leia giving birth to the twins, which is an extremely cringe scene. The oh, most it's like three cringe. sentences, maximum cringe. It's like three sentences, and I don't remember it. It is all just like I don't know, like the role of woman is to be a mother, sort of bullshit. And there's nothing more beautiful than giving life. And she looked up at the stars and saw the limitless potential of her children. It's so cringe. It's so cringe. It's so cringe. I hate it. Anyway. You just hate kids. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I hate Timothy Zahn writing about pregnancy. <laughs> anyway. Um, I've, got, I've, got, I've got the line. <laughs> yeah, hit me. Hit me. Uh Later, in retrospect, the whole thing would seem obvious, if not completely inevitable. But at that moment, the revelation was startling uh, enough to send a shiver uh, through the core of Leia's soul. The twins, growing together in the Force, even as they grown together within her, had somehow become attuned to each other. Attuned, in a way, and to a depth that Leia knew she herself would never entirely share. It was, at the same time, one of the proudest and yet most poignant moments of Leia's life. To get a glimpse into the future, to see her children growing and strengthening themselves in the Force, and to know that there would always be part of their level, uh, their life together she would never share yeah that's not cringe parent stuff that's her... i mean it's cringe parent stuff through the forced language but that's what it is that's how it makes it get that. to me i have just focused on the part where she realized that like these are going to be whole other people that have a different relationship with each other than they do with her and she won't have like she won't have them in the way that she has now mm-hmm. so the, I, I mention this because later um, mm-hmm. she's thinking about how Thrawn would be able to um, make the clones so quick. And she realizes that he has filled this mountain cloning facility with Islamari so that 
they're blocked off from the force. And it felt, it felt to me like these two things are tied together because she's like, oh, childbirth is beautiful because of the children's connection to the force. And cloning is this evil thing, and Thrawn has made it even more evil by cutting these clones off from the Force at birth. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all. Stupid. Yeah, there, There's a real, like, Force as natural birth fucking metaphor here with the cloning shit, which is, like, is I guess, present in the Clone Wars, uh, but... George just doesn't care. So it's, <laughs> it's not really the, the main thing. This is my big thing about this book, is that there is stuff in this book that I liked, but this is so far from Lucas Star Wars as to be nearly not recognizable. Um, yeah, I really don't like this book. I uh, think this I, is I, my favorite one I've read on the podcast so far. I preferred the prior one. I, this, mm-hmm. this one doesn't have like a star destroyer heist. Um, this one has everyone going to fight Saboyoth while the interesting characters get just dealt with in one chapter. They're like, aha, our betrayal time has occurred. <laughs> that was uh, literally as I was finishing the book this morning, I was thinking to myself, I was like, okay, everybody's over here with Sabaoth. I really hope we don't just deal away with Thrawn in like one chapter as a Noguri <laughs> stabs him to death. I literally thought that to myself. I'm like, it would be really unsatisfying if Thrawn is just dealt away with See, he by was, a Nogri. He was, de- he was destroyed by the thing he sought to control. But also it makes sense, like, because... Like, I understand how you arrive at this ending because the other ending is that, like, if you put... Thrawn in a room with Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker will simply cut him in half. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why. That's why. He- hear me out. I'm not. I'm not here to like make bold plans here for how to fix this fucking story. Uh, but that's why you get rid of Belieblis and make that Leia's plot because she's the one that deals with the rebel stuff. It's the whole point of her fucking character. Instead, she's just kind of hanging around. She is the really just hanging the around in this book. Mara uses her lightsaber. <laughs> That's because Leia. Mara is the cool redhead GF, and she gets to use the lightsaber now. Okay, so let's actually talk about the, like, the way the ending goes. So all this stuff's yes. going on. Um, uh, Thrawn makes his final attack on, on Coruscant, but Belibus is like, haha, I'm here, so the Mass Effect ri- vi- victory meter is here. Uh, and uh, <laughs> that fight goes badly until the, the Nogi rise up and stab Thrawn, and Pelion's like, oh no, we've lost Lelouch. We're going to fucking die. Uh, let's <laughs> retreat. Um, and so that's how that plot goes. Everyone else is over at the cloning facility dealing with Sabayoth, Um And Sabayoth reveals he has uh, made a clone of Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, which, you Luke. know, when I first read this, I did not know came this early into the EU. I thought <laughs> there was like a few books of normal before it went completely off the rails. <laughs> no, we start with Splinter of the Mind's Eye, and then I guess there's those Han Solo books no one talks about. But then it's this. It's this. Then it's this. Uh, and I, I assume this must have been laid out. I was like, this must, that must be some like Empire's, that some comic thing. With losing, duck. like, run out of ideas stuff. Yeah. But, but no. they get, they bring, they bring in Clone Luke, um, and it exists for maybe the dumbest 
most anti-storytelling purpose possible, which is <laughs> the clone Luke exists to resolve the problem that Mara has to kill Luke Skywalker. No, you see, it's just that she does kill Luke Skywalker from a certain point of from view. From a certain point of view. And then she kills the clone Luke Skywalker, and she's like, I'm fine now. My brainwashing's been undone. And I'm like, conflict is fake. Why can we fucking bother? There's like a thousand four hundred pages of book I just had to read, and you're telling me that she was just like, oh, oh, if I kill a clone of Luke Skywalker, that's close enough, and then my... Uh, and so imagine if like in Zeta Gundam 4 just like made a hologram of Camille and killed him was like I'm fine now like <laughs> that's basically what happens in this well uh, the other then, yeah. the other great part of um conflict is fake uh in this here here is that um like so the emperor's plan is to like get Luke to come to the dark side by killing Vader you know like, that's his plan, is to, like, enrage Luke so that he becomes to the dark side and ends up... Sabayoff's plan is, well, I'll get you to kill another guy! <laughs> Sabayoff's plan is, I will simply change your mind. Yeah. <laughs> I will control you completely as soon as I get my hand, like, get a foothold. I'll just and, brainwash you. And then, and then Luke thinks to himself, he's like, well, Sabayoff must have a point. Maybe if I kill my clone in anger, I will go to the dark side. As if in the moment of striking down this random person who is attacking him, that will so corrupt his mind that he will become evil yeah. and lose all agency over this. Which is never what Star Wars was about. Well, it kind of, <laughs> like, the, the thing that this keeps coming up with is when there's another evil guy waiting watching for this thing to happen in which case maybe it is like that where like he can like start to influence them as soon as they've like dropped their guard maybe i don't know Star Wars has this idea of like turning turn to the dark side. It's the constant idea of Star Wars is the temptation to turn for the power or blah 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 blah. Uh, but it is always presented like this in the most like ridiculous Joker mode nonsense of like when I do enough evil to you, then you'll be my Padawan, and I'll teach you all the evil. And I'm like, two evil guys can hate each other. It's pretty normal, <laughs> actually. <laughs> the only time anyone's actually properly been turned in a way that you know anyone knows about, I'm sure it happens in EU stuff. But in this, it's like you know, Anakin fucking Skywalker, who he starts manipulating as a child it takes <laughs> years it there. does not just take one duel in a throne room and it requires the jedi to be bad like to suck ass <laughs> that's the point of the prequels is the jedi it wouldn't have happened if the jedi knew what they were fucking doing but instead they let this dumbass sith uh make an evil child we're gonna get a lot of really fun turn to the dark side don't turn to the dark side turn to the dark side uh <laughs> like Con uh, conflicts in the in the in this podcast. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure that uh, now that uh, Leia has, has kids, they won't grow up and experience some kind of Cain and Abel situation or what? anything. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? There's no Wikipedia page titled Jason Solo. <laughs> Jesus the Wikipedia Christ, Jason Solo. It just. <laughs> Because the Wikipedia uses deaf names, which is even makes even less sense 
than birth names. <laughs> I love that it's like, it's not self-ID, it's not like, uh, because they, the Wikipedia literally had arguments about this from like a trans perspective when the audience was like, hang on, how did this make sense? No, death names. You could have been the one guy turned evil for 15 minutes and then got killed. No, fuck you. You're whatever your Darth name is now. Which is ben why, the, is there no Wikipedia for Kylo Ren? No, no it's, ben, it's Solo. ben Skywalker. That's so They stupid. changed it after the last movie. That's so stupid. Is it not stupid. Ben Solo? His name's his Sco- name is Solo. not Ben. S- Sorry, Ben Skywalker <laughs> is the son of Luke and Mara Jade. We'll get there. <laughs> Wait, really? Oh, yeah. right, of course. Because I was like, I forgot that Ben is Obi Wan. Because I don't care about the movies, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, or Return of the Jedi that much. Like Ben, who's I- that? <laughs> I was reading this book and thinking to myself, I'm like, this book is not as good as Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't like Empire Strikes Back. I've come around on it. I really don't like I was just in the Discord today arguing about that. Fucking Empire Strikes Back. Han's like a weird (laughs) rapey guy being like, oh, I I hate him so much. I cannot overcome the vibes. Every nerd thinks it's so romantic. I'm like, I hate him. He's the worst person. And continues in this book to be around (laughs) for no reason. Look, (laughs) you did his... He's a party member... And you did his quest, which was to get Iblis, and uh, now he's still here. You can go to talk to him on the Normandy, and he'll, like, play billiards with you or something. <laughs> he doesn't even really engage in the smuggler plot, which you'd think he would do, but no, that's all about Luke and Mara. <laughs> and Talon Card. Talon Card, cool. Timothy Zahn's most precious of OCs. <laughs> No harm can befall Talon Card. You can't even put a scratch on his dog. I thought one of his dogs died at some point. No, the dogs are fine. I need you to know that the dogs are fine. It was pretty cool when they attacked Sabaoth, though. I, to be fair, I like this archetype of Star Wars guy. I like when Filoni introduces his own version of this guy in uh, Hondo. Um, I just like this. Oh, I thought you were going to go for Cad Bane. But I guess Hondo is closer to Talon Card. Hondo is just Talon Card. Mm. Same character. Same deal. I feel like Talon Card's more competent. Oh yeah, by far. Oh no. Hondo is the Jack Sparrowfication of Talon Card. There you go. You got it. <laughs> anyway. I it here. I, um, the, the thing about Talon Card is that the book expects you to believe that he is cool. <laughs> Yes. There's like an a, a unwritten, I guess, I mean, it is literally written on the page, assumption that you will think, like, be invested in this guy's, like, smuggler uh, way. I'm like, who is this guy? Who the fuck is this guy? Like, I, I'm not you, um, Tiffany Zahn. <laughs> I, I, I guess I care about Luke Skywalker. He's fucking Luke Skywalker. I understand why you, you know, would expect me to be invested in that. Uh, but if I don't care about Han Solo, I definitely don't care about Talon Card. It's really telling that they had to give Talon Card an accent in the audiobook or else he would just be some guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's just some guy, right? He's just some guy, and he's hanging out with Mara Jade and Ghent and that other third guy I don't remember. Abe's. <laughs> Abe's. Um, Star Wars is about some guys. <laughs> That's so true. There's so many guys. Yeah. So, so this is like what I meant by the like. This is not Lucas Star Wars at all. Is just that like. Luke Lucas Star Wars is about like. Destiny and hero's journey and like very just like arch like normal fantasy stuff, you know, just like fairy tales almost like mythic shit. And 
as soon as you get, hand over um, the keys to some guy who writes uh, SFF novels, he's like, well, I need to introduce 16 perspective characters and give them all their own factions that they're in charge of. And the, the book will be about the conflict between the factions, not like, you know, like your destiny is to join me on the dark side. Like, that's not what this book's about. But I well, enjoyed like, this book, but, but it's very different from, like, the stuff that I like. But that's, like, the cool the the cool thing. In, that you've described the reason Star Wars... This it doesn't work, but I I don't mean that in the in the like it's bad. It's I mean like the fundamental contradiction in Star Wars as a brand mm-hmm. is that the the movies the source movies could not be any less inter- like in, in there interested in the idea of a world. Uh, they have a very broadly sketched thing. They say something like the Castleman thing. Everyone always goes on about mm-hmm. in a way it's kind of corny, but it is mm-hmm. true on some level, right? They say that you go lol. George Lucas doesn't know what parsecs are, uh, and. Um, then some guy 20 years later has to write a novel about that uh, and yeah. they have a very different perspective on what like sci-fi worldbuilding is because like george lucas is not a sci-fi guy he doesn't care about sci-fi things he calls them laser swords darth icky <laughs> darth icky darth icky and darth insanius <laughs> and it's what makes star wars it, it, this makes star wars special and distinct from other sff right because this makes it puts it very much in very generic sff territory where i was like there are a lot of guys with a lot of factions and a lot of characters and which i should like i love when there's a lot of guys and a lot of factions a lot of characters uh unfortunately there's not they're not very distinct here um Mm-hmm. I, I like Thrawn uh, because I think he's cool, but only in a but too many nerds thought that in the wrong way, uh, <laughs> and like really lynched onto this idea of like, oh, he's the cool tactics guy. He's when the peak of Star Wars was. Uh, in a way, it's like just not true. <laughs> yeah, and the, the all, I guess my feeling, <clears throat> once again, like I like the last the last act of this book is it just becomes like action. I think it's a little dumb, but I think it's like an enjoyable dumb you know i think it's interesting some of the things that come up in this book that are like um very star wars things Mm -hmm. deflecting force lightning with your lightsaber yeah for example yeah weird that this shows up for the first time here not in like um like did luke never did luke not briefly do that in jedi no he tossed his saber away before he got zapped yep oh yeah God. So is is this is the first time that shows up in the movies in um two clones? Yeah, because he Yoda Yoda does it. <laughs> uh, Obi Wan does it because oh, does Anakin it? rushes in and gets blasted, and then Obi Wan like parries it and then starts dueling. Mm-hmm. But but uh, Yoda, Yoda like Yoda, takes it in his hand as energy. Yes. yes. <laughs> Yoda demand. Like, yeah. Yoda demand. Yeah. Anyway, things, just little details. Yeah. Um, But, like, I feel like, much as I enjoyed this book, there is stuff that is, like, underbaked, I think, in a weird way, where, like, there's just a lot of stuff that feels like, I guess, like, you could make this its own story, not in Star Wars, mm. but you'd have to, like, actually, like, tell us who these characters are. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that's like, oh, you love Luke Skywalker, so I'm not gonna go over you loving Luke Skywalker. And it leads to a lot of things that are just like, oh, you like Star Wars stuff, so I can just introduce 
new Star Wars thing, and you'll care about that. And I'm like, I don't necessarily. There are certain threads that are not... <laughs> That's been going on all day. Um, there are certain things that cannot stand on their own across a trilogy and have to, mm-hmm. like Delta Source. Yeah. There's not enough to that to be stretched across a trilogy, so every book has to be like, oh, here's... Remember Delta Source? We're not going to advance that yet. Yeah. But here's a reminder, this is what it is. And it's not like foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. It's just like checking in on the on the thing and it's yeah, it's still going. We're not doing it that yet though. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. It's it's weird. it's I, I wanna hear why you liked it so much, Nora, because like this is a very very disappointing book to me the first time I read it, and it continued to be disappointing on this reread. Um, I was like, maybe maybe now that I know how it ends, I won't be so disappointed then. Um, but the the thing that is striking to me is this is uh, a trilogy of three 400-page novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't have an ending. <laughs> it, it, ends, <laughs> it, it, it ends like a Transformers movie. Like It really um, does. You know, at the end of the Transformers, when he like shoots Megatron in the face, and then a Linkin Park starts playing like ten seconds later. And you're like, I guess, I guess we're done with that. I guess there's no actual like ending, like a story has. That's what happens here. They like, you know, uh, Sabiath explodes, and um, Thrawn gets stabbed within about a page, and then there's a two page, and then we're back in Coruscant, and I guess we're doing new things. And it's like done, bam, no, like here's the new state of the world by the next fucking book. And I'm like, oh right. Expanded universe books. They're a con. They're a lie. And now all of culture's this. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt very satisfied by the like climax of the book and listening at work to the to the action scene where they're all like fighting and like falling over each other and everything in the cloning facility. And I liked the part where Mara Jade kills Luke and then she's freed from the Emperor's like grip. Mm-hmm. I just, it was just. I, w- I did get invested in Mara Jade by the end of this book. I think, I think she's the, written way better in this one than she was before. I think the resolution to her storyline is dumb as rocks. It may be dumb as rocks, but I didn't see it coming, so. <laughs> who are you calling dumb? <laughs> Wait, you didn't see it coming? When Luke showed up, you didn't go, like, aha, the easy solution to this problem has emerged in a very <laughs> no, way. No, I didn't connect that to Mara's stuff at all. I thought she would just independently purge the influence of the emperor by turning to the dark side or to the good side the not but dark yeah side. i i i guess what i felt about mara jade in this book generally is that like oh she's the one of these characters who has like an arc that's happening she has like yes. a conflict that is like internal and we we're getting like glimpses into it and we we're getting how luke affects mm-hmm. it like she has an, a, a real arc it was like interesting and good and which is Different from how she was in the last two books, where she was just the hot redhead. See, this is this is one of the problems with this branch of expanded universe thing. How do you give Luke Skywalker an, another arc? Right. Um, well, I can think of ways, but I think that their choice of how to portray Luke Skywalker across this trilogy, in this book specifically, is really weird. What? Okay, half this book is Luke Skywalker doing Black Ops missions. I'm like, this is yes. not like. Yes. Why? Why is Luke Skywalker in some Metal Gear Solid shit? Like, why is he crawling around all these bases trying to find the clones? It's Luke Skywalker. He should be like going up to guys and earnestly being like, "I'm Luke Skywalker. Here's I'm my here plan." Right. <laughs> well, that too. Uh, I guess. I think it's really just trying to, um, like, one up the Jabba heist. 
Mm-hmm. Because he does, like, go in under, diff- like, false pretenses yeah. to sneak into Java, But that is, like, a very direct, like, approach. But, like, the part where he, like... And they bring this up in this book, or like when he jumps off the diving board, but then he does a flip, and then he catches the lightsaber, and he does a cool action thing, and now suddenly, oh, he he reveals himself as this, like, ha- having this competence that he was hiding, and like, I feel like him being like a, a secret agent is trying to, like, expand on that mission. I did have a moment, um, when Sabayoth is like, we could rule the galaxy together, I was like, Luke kind of a little bit rules the galaxy because he is affiliated with the what will at by the end of this book be the de facto government of the galaxy. Um that might get complicated by like Jedi Academy There's, books. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I was, the empire's still there. They just lost throne. <clears throat> but like he is like the only Jedi, <laughs> if, like, it is a democracy, mm-hmm. because he wants it to be, if Luke Skywalker decided tomorrow, he's like, no, I'm done with democracy, I'm going to cut off Mon Mothma's head, and that's my galaxy now. I think somebody now. should make decisions, and everyone else should do what those decisions are, maybe someone <laughs> wise. There's no one in the galaxy, certainly not by the end of this book, could stop Luke Skywalker if he decided he was over this whole Republic thing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> right and there's like a kind there's almost a moral there and it, but the book doesn't end up being about that right there's that bit in the um like the book begin the first book begins with him sitting in the imperial palace and being like bit weird we're in the imperial palace um <laughs> but i guess it's here uh and it's not like we're going to build a new one so may as well just it, it uh, was the republics before the empires if you think about it um these were these aren't the master's tools these were the other guy's tools <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it's all the same house, so it's all fine. It was a civil war. It wasn't like a normal war. It's ours anyway. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this is, but the, the, the main bit is that bit where he's with um, was this Wedge. I forget who he was with. Uh, we with Lando, but he's in the bar, right? And he has to mediate that conflict in a very arbitrary way. He's with Lando. Um, and this is, this, yeah, and he smells. He smells right. the guy, and he's like, "Hey, can you fix this problem for me?" Yeah. And it's it's like a kind of corny and bad scene. We like we talked about it last time, but like it yeah. does understand that like the role of a Jedi culturally is to be recognized as having whether or not they have in any way power, uh, to be recognized as having that power and thus deploy it in ways uh, that their compassion dictates. Right? Uh, it is not that Luke Skywalker is an expert at mediating fucking uh, conflicts about. Th- petty theft it is that he is recognized culturally as someone with authority and thus through his ability to mediate these solutions uh can be a figure to like increase uh how our community functions um which is a loaded idea when you know the jedi are just cops but i'll I'll go with that for now timothy um and it doesn't really like it kind of come like there's a bit where uh the the closer thing to an argument him and sabioth has sabioth is like um well, actually, Luke basically does it to him. He's like, join me. We could rule the galaxy. And he's like, no, I want to be the evil guy. And he's like, but he says that I won't let the little people tell me what to do. And he says, the Jedi, Luke says the Jedi, uh, that's what the Jedi used to do. And then he was like, yeah, they all died, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, it doesn't really like, 
it's right the seeds are there but there is like a you know the possibility for the good king type argument right the good king mm. type ending for luke skywalker yeah uh, but it, it doesn't it doesn't go that far it even has him at in the little epilogue like him paying lip service to like oh mara we want you to be a politician because you know power is the perception of power but like doesn't get developed at all <laughs> it's just like oh yeah we all know this democracy anyway See you in the next book, guys. <laughs> I was shocked there wasn't like a final chapter being like, here's where the Empire's at. Here's what's changed about the New Republic. Here's what's different about Leia's role and her view on things. Here's what's different about her. Like, the only... Nothing, there's nothing. The only thing you get is that Mara Jade is now going to be like the government's official liaison with the criminals, which is an hilarious right. thing to think about. <laughs> We have an ambassador. Sorry, for... do you mean the Smugglers Alliance? <laughs> we have an ambassador to, like, the official group of people who are not definitively not law-abiding citizens. <laughs> Rather than try to get these people to abide by the laws we have set down, we have <laughs> made an ambassador to them, <laughs> which is fucking absurd this is not how you run a government <laughs> well no it is but like it isn't like it's not presented as like you know how the fbi basically or the cia i guess works with them the cia basically often treats the mafia as an extension of its own needs when it needs to do something real fucked up and the fbi investigates the mafia and it keeps fighting at the fucking cia <laughs> <laughs> i was looking to blow back season two about like the way the cuba stuff went this happened like four times <laughs> <laughs> We skimmed over Talon Card's adventure, where he's trying to round up a bunch of criminal guys and gets betrayed, and then he gets framed, and then, uh, that was fun. That was fun. Talon Card is fun. I like that guy. I wonder if he's any in any more books. I I can guarantee you. I ha I don't know anything about anything, but I promise you, any book that Timothy Zahn writes, he sits down day one. And he's like, okay, how do I get Talon Card? <laughs> well. It I don't think he's a Corrin because, like, when Stackpole writes a book, Corrin is in that book. Period. Mm -hmm. Full stop. Uh, where is Talon Carb? Just going down to appearances. Yeah, I'm on the page. Oh, okay. I, I keep forgetting that he's a guy. I I keep what do thinking. You mean? I keep thinking he's like an a alien. human. Yeah, I keep thinking he's an alien. Oh, he's legends a... only. They didn't let him bring him into the new trilogies. Fucked up. There's also a header here that said, during the Yuuzhan Vong War. <laughs> Appearances. Yeah, here we go. He's in a good number of things. Oh, he's in almost every New Jedi Order book. Okay. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, oh, maybe well he's mentioned a... in most of them. Maybe there'll be a video game where I can play as his faction in an expansion. Uh, no. Galaxy. Oh, no, I'm, I'm talking about Empire. I'm talking talking about Empire at War. They made that a. Uh, was it oh, someone yeah, else? Oh yeah, he's in Empire at War. He's in Empire at War. Who's the they, they definitely oh, okay. mentioned yeah, only? Who, well, who's the guy? Who's the leader of the uh, of the faction? I'm going that. Um, I never played Forces. Oh, of the Zam Consortium. Played. Okay, that's Tybazan. Not uh, mm. this is another another mm. guy, another crime guy. A different crime There's guy. There's going to be so many crime guys. This is my... I, I like Talon Card. I like Hondo. 
I don't understand Star Wars' obsession with, like, so there crime are... Crime guys? Yeah, there are the good guys, there are the bad guys, and then there are crime guys. And those are the three types of guys that matter in the galaxy. <laughs> Oh, he's an original guy for the game. They had to make up a well, new crime guy, but, which I'm sure EU people were mad about. But crime guys have good guys and bad guys. They have smugglers and bounty hunters. Right, yeah. And Right, and smugglers are good and bounty hunters are bad, and that's because <laughs> Star Wars how Star Wars morality works. Because that's how the movies were. Because yeah. Boba Fett is on the bad side, and Han Solo is on the good side. <laughs> I hate Star Wars morality love, so much. I love how much of Leia's thought process in this book is, we can probably trust Talon Card because I saw how Han was when I first became friends with him and it's turned out fine. <laughs> I love I love how like oh. aware of Star Wars morality Leia specifically is. She's like, Well we could probably trust Mara Jade because like people usually just end up coming around to our side. <laughs> The, the entire section where they break up Mar and Jade and betray their own government being uh, justifying it will be fine is like almost genius because it's essentially a bit where these people who are not the, head, the heads of state at all under, recognize that they technically have more power than the state to act outside of their interest at any time. Uh, but it's it, it, it's not framed of that. It's framed of like a genuine rebellion to do what must be done. Uh, only we can, it's like the heroic individual against the system that can't uh, maintain itself. Uh, classic situation there. Um and I, I just don't, I don't understand, like, if these people are so restricted by the New Republic, and these books are about how the New Republic is like a uh, ineffectual liberal government and the need for the heroic individuals to truly keep it together, uh, why are they fighting for it? Make a different fucking government then. <laughs> but there's no vision for that. It's, you either are empire or you are like a shitty democracy that you have to do Star Wars missions to have not become fascist for five minutes. <laughs> Look, it's it's all in good faith. It's all in good cheer when you kind of fudge the rules with the good government. It's just you gotta lube up the gears sometimes, you know. Han literally <laughs> says, "We made this government, so it's fine." <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just so funny because it's like <laughs> they made a democracy, and I know this is what you just said. I know this is what we said in the last episode, but like. They made the democracy, and then they decided democracy sucks and needs to be circumvented every six minutes. <laughs> yes, because then there's no other idea for like how to do a plot. This is kind of the plot of the last book, but in a different way, because oh, the bad guy was in charge for a bit. Oh no. Right. He's Borsk Failia is barely in this. Right, because Zahn is like, uh, well, I'm not going to have Failia executed for treason, so I'm going to have him take a vow of silence. For ninety nine percent of the book, uh, I bet. Now here's the fun part. I bet we will read a book where these characters have the reverse positions on whether or not you can act mm-hmm. outside of like channels. Mm-hmm. I bet oh, when there's the bad a guy book. does it, they're right, but too far. No, I I bet there's a book where Luke says, "No, we have to go through channels." Just written by a different author. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, 100%. I can't wait. <laughs> there, are not that, there are not that many plots you can do with Star Wars. And as I learned the other week, all of these books have Luke in them. For some reason, I thought they went, like, further in time. No, they don't. Luke's here the whole fucking time. Yeah. Yeah. Because they only go up to 45 after 45 years after uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And Luke's what? 24 in that? Nineteen plus three, no, ish. He's nineteen at the start of A New Hope. 
Yeah, there's three years between three both years. movies. Yeah. yeah, so what Nora said. So he's so at the end of all this, he's going to be like almost 70. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Busy he, life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he's still going on adventures and stuff. That's that, The very last book that came out before Disney bought it was their like grand finale, one last adventure with the main three heroes. Mm-hmm. After everything else that's happened, mm. I guess he's be the same age as he is in like the new trilogy, right? Like it's similar time frame. Yeah, I mean, this is also just like new trilogy just ends up cannibalizing so much EU shit, which is so funny considering they nuked the EU. Um, well, yeah, just to you can't say the that. EU. <laughs> <laughs> they they wanted to have control over the EU. Yeah. So, I mean, as we all know, that is the weakness of any. He would think he could control the power. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing Disney is afraid of is losing their power, <laughs> which of course they did. <laughs> <laughs> it's ironic. <laughs> <sighs> they could save other creations from public domain, but not themselves. <laughs> Um, do we have any more thoughts on this book specifically? No, uh, no, really. it was a kind of disjointed conversation. But yeah, that yeah. was I was yeah. very. It's uh, kind of a disjointed book, a little bit. It's a weird trilogy. It's weird. Trilogy. I feel like you must have enjoyed. I I am convinced that the audiobook is better than the book for the oh because like one hundred percent. Yeah, specifically for the part where it becomes about fucking lightsaber battles, which are the most boring things to read ever. <laughs> Like yeah, I'm the glad that we're not we're definitely not going to read forty more books with lightsaber fights in them. Don't worry. <laughs> the first book seemed to understand that you can do space tactics in a book better than you can do lightsaber fights in a book. Uh, and I understand they had to end in a big lightsaber fight, but I I've ne- I've never found Sabaoth interesting because he's just the Jedi Joker, um, and he has no vision. He, like the whole point is he's like an annoying Joker guy that has to be dealt with more than there's someone with distinct motivations. So the fact that the whole book was about him and not Thrawn at the end is like, why is everyone going to like the B team? <laughs> no one's dealing with the main guy, and then he just gets dealt with in a page. Do you think Jedi Joker? It's like, is that Jedi Joker Abrams? Is that what the? I don't. I don't think so. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird how. There is such a thin line because it's Mark Thompson reading this and Mark Thompson has always been mm. the Star Wars audiobook guy. And I really enjoyed these audiobooks. I enjoyed all the like stock sound effects of like bugs chirping as they go through the jungle or, you know, lightsabers or blaster fire. I enjoyed all that. He also did that Light of the Jedi book that was so bad I couldn't listen to it. And I don't know. I don't know what the, the line is there. The thing about the line of the Jedi book is that, like, it's even more overproduced. Like, there are yeah. a- alien voice modulation, like, filters over his voice as he does different characters. Um, and also, you didn't like the narration of that one part with the where he was like emoting while talking about like the ship steering. And oh, right, where he's like vroom. <laughs> Right, I forgot about that part. Um, it also helps that this is better than Light of the Jedi, which is the most awful book I've ever read in my life. The High Republic seems hilariously misguided. They keep putting out those books somehow. The, people cared about the first one, like and it was this big new Star Wars project, but now, like, it seems less successful than New Jedi Order, which I think was at the very least 
a big deal for a certain kind of nerd. Yeah, I feel I, like... I mean, I bet there are High Republic stands out there. The, like, I feel like there have to be... But I'm just kind of confused, because I felt like when the first book came out, it was an event. And I'm not saying that I expected every successive book to also be an event, but I expected to see any sort of, like... I expected to see marketing for it, and I haven't. And I am, like, in the exact demographic of, like, people who they would market that book at. I feel like most Star Wars marketing post-Rise of Skywalker has been, like, the lifestyle brand stuff. Like, the cruise and the amusement park, both of which got, like, double-tapped by COVID. And it's, like, it seems like they were leaning into that rather than... The mm-hmm. High Republic, because even like, you know, I don't even think there are High Republic announcement articles on like, whatever book rant, whatever screen rants, like yeah, whatever the book thing would be, yeah, nerd rant, I don't book, know. book riot, is that it? Book riot is one of these websites, yeah. According um, to the wiki, the High Republic is in uh, part one, wave three or phase one, wave three. It has had two oh, adult God. novels, about a million comic issues, uh, oh, okay. some short stories, and some YA. But there's a lot of content here. Uh, but only, but Disney, nothing, why are you like only, this? Only two mainline books. Right. Well, that's the other thing. Is they have all these different like multimedia tracks, right? Uh, which is how they plan this stuff. But that's never how anyone... Like, people have their... Th- they either read the comics or they read the books. So they don't actually tie in in the way you need them to. Yeah. Um, and they know this, so they don't have... They don't... It would be one thing if they really did it. They went all out and you had to read literally everything because it was so tightly planned, but they're not. It's just Jedi shit. Yeah. They're... I mean, like, I feel like they have to... They're either going to have some kind of... Try to have some kind of, like, breakout book hit series or something with High Republic stuff, or they're going to put it in a video game or something, and only then will it become something that people talk about. Yeah. I just... If, if they made... If they said, no, actually, when we said we were making KOTOR, we lied, and we're actually That'd making KOTOR. <laughs> and it's uh, High Republic now. The High Republic it released a se- second book in June. Mm-hmm. Um, I got an email saying it was 99 pence on Amazon yesterday. Uh, I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> yeah, this is, the other thing is that, like, <clears throat> people I work with care about Star Wars. Like, once or twice a week, someone at work will just, like, yell about Rise of Skywalker. No one at work likes Rise of Skywalker. But I like I work like normal people, people who are not online in the way that the three of us are. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned at one point, like, oh, I'm reading one of those new Star Wars books, and I had like multiple friends who are into Star Wars be like, they're still making Star Wars books? Like, no one knows, no one cares that they're making Star Wars books. How do you come back after the Rise of Skywalker? This like, is make a bunch the, of terrible TV shows about Boba Fett. I guess so. Yeah, this is literally the thing that we talk about. Is like, what do they do after Rise of Skywalker? And people like I the mean, they have those seven other live action shows they're making. They're gonna make a Cassian Andor show, and I'm not even gonna watch it. And I am the target audience for Cassian Andor show. Maybe Ronan will like blow up really big, and they'll start doing other AU stuff. But like, yeah, I doubt it. 
What if the Cassie and Andor show blows up really big? Like, what if Cassie and Andor show gets... You can't blow up bigger than he did. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the Mandalorian is like a runaway hit, and like, none of these other shows are, I don't think. Mandalorian season one. Yeah. Oh, the only show that's added? (laughs) No. No. They've had two seasons of The Mandalorian and nothing else. I assumed they were coming out, and I just didn't know about them. No, they just had a panel where they announced fucking... 50 of them. Did, and why does Disney announce more stuff than it makes? Because announcements do better than shows. Announcements is what gets brand. And and like like investor money. I just shit. I I don't understand capitalism, I guess. <laughs> announcements if you say, okay, right. You get a million headlines saying there are na- there are 12 Star Wars shows coming to Disney Plus. Doesn't matter how many Star Wars shows end up on Disney Plus. That's people in the door of today. Uh, because people are stupid like that. That's like no. That's, I mean, yeah. I, I don't mean that. And I I hate the like oh capitalism thrives because people are dumb argument. I, it's not what I'm doing. Uh, uh, the, I meant nerds are love to consume, love the promise of consuming more yes, brand. Yes. Uh, not yes. like the capitalism is perpetuated by people being dumb. That is a ignorant thing to say that people the, often do. So I felt the need to actually disclaim that. Anyway, uh, but yeah, that's the point. Is that like that engagement thing is more in many ways more impactful than product itself, right? Because the products are advertising for future products. That is the Disney way now. The the things that are out right now, the new stuff, is Bad Batch and Visions. Yes, and they're okay. both animated. That's what's come out. That's that's animated. So also, Resistance what... had a second season. Yeah, but Did, no one yeah. watched that show. That was pre-Disney+. Plus. Because that, and... that was in the world where they were still pretending that anything after Return of the Jedi had to actually happen. <laughs> uh, Live-action series we got Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Andor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ahsoka, The Acolyte, Lando, and Rangers of the New Republic. Oh, right, they're making that Obi-Wan show. They're doing that soon. That's the next thing. Theoretically. I feel like the Obi-Wan Kenobi show is the one of these that maybe has the chance of, like, reeling me in. Only because they're getting Hayden back. Oh, I'm definitely going to watch it, and we're all going to hate it. Like We are 100% all watching it, and we are 100% all going to be really mad, because we care about Obi-Wan, and we care about fucking Anakin Skywalker, in a way <laughs> that I know that the people in LucasArts don't, or Lucasfilm don't, because like they're still catering to the nerds that hate the prequels. Yeah. They're... I want any of these shows to have a name. The Mandalorian, <laughs> that's, that is a title, sure, whatever. The Book of Boba, Book of Fett, Boba Fett, that's halfway to a title you're still just telling me this is the show about this character the rest of these are just the names of the main characters are you fucking kidding me so i i knew this i knew this about the 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 marvel shows right i knew this about the star wars shows i guess uh i didn't know how far it went the mandalorian the book of boba fett andor obi-wan kenobi ahsoka the the acolyte lando and rangers of the new republic which could be anything so here's the thing uh Ahsoka, character people know. Um, you can call Ahsoka Star Wars Ahsoka. I mean, I, I don't like this way of just calling the, the name. She has but... a book called Ahsoka also. Right, yeah. yes. Uh, Lando, uh, character people know. Famous thing. Star Wars Andor. Who the fuck is that? I know who that is. <laughs> who the fuck is that? <laughs> I know who that is because I'm a totally fucking deranged nerd. But also, look at the <laughs> other characters here. We have Boba Fett. We have Obi-Wan Kenobi. We have Ahsoka, we have Lando. All of those are first names or full names. <laughs> Nobody remembers his last name is Andor. 
I only know him because I really love Diego Luna, and I think that he's hot. That's the reason that I know who Cassian Andor is. So you might as well just call the show Star Wars Diego Luna. <laughs> Imagine they just had a show called, like, Star Wars Krennic. <laughs> uh, hell yeah! I would also oh, watch but it's, right now. But it's a Star Wars version of The Office. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, Krennic it writes is... itself. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's great. That sucks. But you have to get a new guy to play Tarkin because you can't afford the really offensive <laughs> uh, CGI face. Oh, God. Star Wars card. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what, what if know. they did a Thrawn TV show? Just for fun. I think they killed Thrawn already. You're joking. I'm not no, sure. No, they, di- they didn't. They didn't. I know this for a fact. No, they I didn't. Know, I haven't okay. seen those shows because no, the Ahsoka okay. show is going to be about her getting revenge on Thrawn. Right. <laughs> Stuff. That doesn't sound so, very Jedi of her at all. She's not a Jedi. She's not a Jedi. Because you know what? Yeah. All right. You had me there. <laughs> <laughs> but she is dead as of Rise of Skywalker yes, or lively confirmed. Skyping into the spray. <laughs> 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 Okay. I'm still so mad. (laughs) Dave Filoni does not need my sympathy. You know, he's doing fine. But Dave Filoni finding out in a movie theater that somebody else decided to kill Ahsoka without telling him is the saddest thing that's ever happened in Star Wars. Did he say that? Did he mention that? Yeah, he didn't. No one told him that, uh... That Ahsoka was dead. He went to the movie theater and heard um, Ashley Feinstein. Is that her name? The, I, think, oh, so, I think. Yeah, like he, he heard her voice in the uh, in the fucking Rise of Skywalker Dead Jedi Ghost Parade, and that's how he found out. No one told him. Incredible. He, he can retcon that. You can just ignore that. You yeah, can just ignore that. No one. Does, it's all voices, so it it does mean it means nothing. You didn't yeah. even want to like. Pay the I am the shocked. Money. Yeah, right. So where I kind of go? Sorry, I, I didn't I was mean to just say, You couldn't even be bothered to give like Hayden a call to give right? Samuel L. Jackson a call. You know, <laughs> all the people. Yeah. I was just like, even if it was one shot, literally that one shot from Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, where all the guys suddenly appear behind Sora, or even Doctor though they're not Who. in the scene. Yeah. Doctor- <laughs> these yeah. are the these are the pulls. <laughs> but I, I was genuinely shocked that, given that's how the movie ends, there's not a shot of like Ray raising her lightsaber, and then every guy ever that you ever, it, literally every Jedi, pay them. It's the last Star Wars movie. Uh, all behind raising their like Kit Fisto should be there, man. <laughs> where the fuck is Plo? <laughs> Can you imagine if it's the same ending, but when Ray raises her lightsaber, it like pans back, and then every Jedi ghost is there. <laughs> Qui Gon's the f- there. Qui Gon's there. Qui Gon's definitely there. Well, no, it's only the four people that Qui Gon taught how to become ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> then how did Leia do it? <laughs> and Don't Luke know. also. Luke, Leia, Qui Gon. Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Yoda. Kit Fisto, Yoda, <laughs> Plo Koon, and Starkiller. <laughs> the Athorian guy. <laughs> we got some emails. Ki-Adi-Mundi. Where's Ki-Adi-Mundi? I must know. 
Uh, <laughs> I know where he is. He's, he's with his wives. <laughs> Do you remember when there was that whole thing where um oh god, what's it? What's his name? What's the that one guy? That one Lucasfilm guy who kept calling all the Star Wars fans gay, and then he got told off for doing that too much. You know the guy? Do you, oh. do you mean Pablo Hidalgo? Yes, I do mean Pablo Hidalgo. Because every like six months, he someone would come with a law question, and he'd be like, "You guys are fucking gay." <laughs> <laughs> Not literally, <laughs> but you know, kind. Uh, you know, honestly, kind of literally. Uh, <laughs> so people, people would get really mad at him. He deleted his 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 Twitter at some point. I know who this guy is now. Now that yeah. I'm looking at it, he's got his Twitter back now. I guess. Oh, okay. It's locked. That's oh. it. Well, um, I've got some emails here. First one comes up from Kieran. He says, lightsabers are cool, right? The movies don't stray too far from the saber. Double-sided or Yoda's little baby one is about it. High Republic stuff introduced the light whip, too. That's not true. but That's you know, impossible? Whatever. <laughs> um, light whip is a very old one. It's from old comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luminara. Not Luminara. What's her name? Uh, Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wonder Woman. Lum- Lumia. The Dark Lady. Um, uh, what would be your choice of a different kind of Jedi laser weapon? Get wild with it. Um, A glaive. Okay, they do have lightsaber spears. Damn. With like a big blade at the end. So mm. That's pretty cool. Huh? You don't have I to just... pick something that doesn't exist. It's all, it all exists. I just think swords are cool. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I, not to be this exact kind of nerd, but that's the point of a lightsaber. It is a <laughs> more elegant weapon. <laughs> <laughs> From a more, a more civilized, civilized age. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I just think swords are fucking cool as shit, to be yeah, honest. it's really cool. Um, but if you had the spear one, then you could be like Force Kaladin. You could be forced, Kaladin. I'm back on board with lightsaber spears. I I think Kaladin Stormblessed could take Luke Skywalker in a fight. No. (laughs) They wouldn't fight, first of all. This is the Superman Goku equation. They wouldn't fight. Um, Goku would fight Superman. That's absurd. He would want to, but he wouldn't. Anyway. My thing that I always thought about when I made, like, an OC that had a cool lightsaber weapon was a gunblade lightsaber mm. that would be able to, like, switch between... It would have, like, a gunblade shape in saber form and then could also, like, be a blaster. And if you pressed R1 at the right time, you could get a crit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> water and water and water, water. Final Fantasy is so much know. better than Star Wars. <laughs> Jackson, do you have a laser weapon? Or do you, uh, yeah, you laser just... Kurosai Gama. <laughs> laser what? Kurosai Gama. Oh, okay. It took you a minute to realize what you were saying. That'd be pretty sick. It's like the it's like, you know the weeb weapon that's above fucking katanas and nunchucks. You want to go real real into the deep shit? You get Kurosai Gama. Sword chucks. Christopher asks. Given that a Gundam Ombudsman, I don't know that word, will be on the show, who is Camille of New Republic and who is the Judo of Dianoga Squadron? 
the Camille of the New Republic is Marjade. No. She's literally four. I like... <laughs> we no. talked about this earlier in the show. I, don't, I feel like I don't know enough about Camille to answer this very well. I don't think... Is that, it Corrin? I don't think a... Com- no. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> oh, my God. Not in a million years. I mean, the actual is- answer is the closest thing, and it goes away because no one in Star Wars knows what they're doing, but Camille should be Luke Skywalker. I feel pretty believable about this, right? Like, a... Uh, guy in a shitty situation mm-hmm. struggling to be a nice like to hold on what it means to be nice when everyone wants them to be a psychic gun uh camille and luke skywalker have uh s- some pretty good parallels there i think jason solo that's my pick okay i still think jesus christ is jason solo is the best <laughs> thing that's come in this podcast today i'm gonna be thinking about it's it really all day. funny um who's the judo of, of the podcast hosts oh of us that's Dianoga Squadron. Yeah. Every, oh, you all have a number. I we hope do. you remember them, because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't um, think, oh, I wasn't introduced as Dianoga 3 today. I was a little upset I didn't get introduced, because I was going to say Wedgie Gamba, Wedgie Gamba, Wedgie Gamba. Wedgie Gamba, Wedgie Gamba, Wedgie Gamba. I forgot to do the thing, because it's been seven years since we recorded this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I have no idea. None of us are judo, I don't feel like. None of us are, like rebellious against a structure <laughs> no nobody's fighting me to di- i guess olivia is fighting me when i try to do the podcast bits. you know what judo olivia is the judo okay <laughs> <laughs> olivia is the judo uh christopher also asked with the pres again with- oh this is just an addition to the previous one uh who would win in a game of pazak thron shar or lelouch what's pazak Pazark. It's the it's is, the poker of. Um, is it is it from Kotor? Wait, I think it's from Kotor. Yes, like, oh, Pazark is it's 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 blackjack. Oh, I but, thought it was Sabak. No, Sabak is the poker one. Oh, okay, Pazark. Because I remember it being mentioned as like you know no, I, was, I think it was Kotor, but I was like this game actually exists and has real mechanics. I think. I think Lelouch could uh, out. The odds is Lelouch. Lelouch has mind control. Yeah. I don't know anything oh. about Kios, but I feel like Lelouch could, like, like, I think I think Lelouch could beat Thrawn in a game of chess. It's so fucked up that you haven't watched Kios. It is. We gotta watch that. It's uh, so stupid. I feel like you'd have a great time. <laughs> I would. I just don't watch shows, and you when just I don't do, have time for it. Yeah. And when I do just watch shows, Kageus I just uh, the, uh, I get high and watch three episodes of Titans. <laughs> Our next email That's comes right. in from Twitter, giving me my uh, Twitter verification code. <laughs> Lelouch is kind of a Batman. He is kind of a Batman, isn't he? He's, He's not at all. I said that to make M mad. I was like, I need to put a pause here. Okay, Dark Knight, Black Knights. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, this one? Dan says, always happy to hear another war in our stars is breaking out. Hope the third book was at least enjoyable. Thrawn and Pelion are beloved by the fan base as the best antagonists and good and competent Imperials, which is obviously bullshit, and Thrawn's super predicting slash near prophetic abilities make him a boring villain as he pretty much always outmaneuvers his opponents through race science. So, my question, what do you feel makes an actual fun villain? I want to address Thrawn in this book a little bit because I did feel a little frustrated in the same way that Pelion did that like 
The New Republic put their best minds together and finally found a plan that even Thrawn couldn't predict. And then Thrawn predicts it. (laughs) (laughs) And Pelion spends six chapters being like, we're all going to die. Thrawn's going to get us all killed because he's just... It it, it is. It's it's prophecy. (laughs) Thrawn is a seer. This is based on nothing. (laughs) Um, It's a little, like, aggravating to me. Um, it's it would be better if he just improvised a response because he's that good at tactics not not if yes! he secretly knew the whole time yes it should be that he's like I have a contingency plan in case we were fooled you know it should be like all the other because then you get the situation of like no if we lost any other time I would have also been able to deal with it because that's what it means to have tactics yeah um, instead of it being like aha uh-huh. um I don't fully agree. I, I think Thrawn's a good villain. And I do like the Imperials being competent. I think the nerds took the wrong thing away from this. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, we talked about this before. Is the, like, Pelayan's fantastic because he's just a fucking, like, middle manager guy uh, <laughs> as the face of the, the uh, Empire. I know at one point, I know in the future he's going to come back as, like, the good Imperial power trying to vie for the control with the bad Imperial, uh, which is the dumbest, stupid nerd way to take this. Um, but... The, the, the... There, there's a whole, there's a lot with the Imperial Redman. For the record, I enjoyed about two and a half books of Thrawn. I just found him really aggravating at the end of this book. Well, the, the issue, I don't think the issue is Thrawn so much as it is uh, Thrawn has no opponent. No, everyone yeah. goes to the uh, to fight the other guy. So yeah. it's not like Thrawn's like, okay, here's my move, and the other guy makes a nut. Like, if it was Thrawn versus Leia, then it becomes a good story because then you actually go back and forth. One of them makes one plan, one of them sees it coming, the other one does this. You can make it, you know, make it a character thing. It's not complicated, but in this book, there's no. He, no one defeats Thrawn. He just conveniently gets defeated by the one thing he overlooked, which is its, you know, its story of itself. Uh, but it ends up feeling very anticlimactic when it's like, what do you. Like, Thorn is this problem for the Alliance to solve, and he gets just solved with himself. Evil can't sustain itself, type nonsense. Um, Imagine how funny it would be to have the scene where Thorn is like, okay, I've studied human art, and I know that babies take nine months. <laughs> <laughs> Leah, last we saw, was this much pregnant. That means we have a three-week period in which she will definitely not be commanding that army. We will move now. <laughs> She's pregnant as fuck right now. Um, it, yeah. What does make a fun villain? I love Darth Vader. I, know. I just love that guy. I think he's cool. <laughs> love that guy. <laughs> silly I like voice. When he's, <laughs> silly voice. Big robot suit that you can't Iron move mask. around in. Iron mask. <laughs> <laughs> he is a cock. <laughs> can you, oh, can you imagine how insufferable like the three of us would be? If a plot point in the prequels was that Obi-Wan cucks uh, Anakin. <laughs> he just thinks it. He just thinks it so hard he makes it true in his mind. <laughs> the posts would never end. You brought him here to kill me. <laughs> what if this new Kenobi series? <laughs> in this new series, he cucks Anakin. What if How he cucks would he do that? that? What if Flash is back to reveal that she was cheating on him in episode three? 
This brings up a question I had. Go ahead. I want to know what this question is so bad. <laughs> about prequels and new context. Uh-huh. At certain time, Okay. The Chosen One, right? Right. I had a question about whether Luke Skywalker counts as a Chosen One character. Because he's not the Chosen One. And the Chosen One doesn't exist until the prequels come out. But then the prequels and some other materials hint at including one, um, uh, Rebels, I think it might be. Basically, like, points at Luke as, like, the Chosen One. Even though I think ultimately it is considered the case that Anakin was the Chosen One, actually. I think... And if, regardless of the details of, la- of that, does introducing chosen oneness in a prequel retroactively make star wars 1977 a chosen one story i think star wars 1977 is always a chosen one story sent from before the prequels add like an actual literal prophecy because he was always born into this destiny hmm Okay. I that, that's my agreement as well. So like you know, Star Wars famous hero's journey story that is a chosen one narrative. Star Wars yeah. was always this. Uh, they just then go back and add in the, the words the chosen one, and it actually means something different. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which is was, very funny. God, there's yeah, because he was always born into this destiny mm-hmm. of being this guy. Okay, well, asked and answered. Yeah, uh, to answer your question, red lightsaber makes a fun villain. Oh sure. right! What's a fun villain? I mean, I, I, I think a fun villain is someone you enjoy watching, and it has interesting, like, you know, uh, brings interesting conflict to the characters. A lot of villains are bad because people like their characters too much, and they never let them appear weak. You have to book a cool guy. You gotta let him get a few wins in. Most of my uh, favorite villains are all a little camp, like a little yes. bit camp. Is Darth exactly. Vader camp? Um, yes. Darth Vader is a little camp in the original trilogy, um, but in but you love Rogue One. In, in Rogue, Rogue One, One. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't choke on your ambition. Be careful not to choke on your ambition. That's literally where I was going. Is <laughs> is that they make him a little a little? Uh, Do you remember people are mad about that? <sighs> Those people. I don't understand Star Wars. They literally don't understand Star Wars. Because that is something that Anakin Skywalker would say. <laughs> it is. But because... it's also something that Darth Vader would say in like specifically in New Hope. Yes. Yes. It's like literally the like the bridge between those two characters. Yeah, it's great. It's a great scene. Yeah. Because, I mean, you said it in Rogue One, but let's not forget, in The Empire Strikes Back, he's literally choking out a guy while promoting another guy. Oh, um, I love him so much. much. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's always been like this. I love him. Um, yeah. Villains. They're fun. I don't even think that Darth Vader is, like, the best villain. I just, we were talking about Star Wars. It's like, I do really like him as a villain. Way better than I like Palpatine as a villain. Even though Palpatine is like mega camp. <laughs> Have you ever I, t- I had the tale I of Darth playing with the wise? Anakin. <laughs> Anakin, help me! Um, it's I'm, not the Jedi way! <laughs> no. I'm just double no. checking the export account to see if we ha- got any others. We didn't. I, I, think, I think we're good on. Yeah, I checked. We're good. Jackson. Yes. 
Where can people find you online? Head falls off on twitter.com. And you can Has find it- the podcast I do at abnormalmapping.com uh, and also export.io. Um, I'm, on, I'm on Bag End. I'm on Bag I forgot. I've been forgetting to mention them. Right. I'm on your network too. I'm doing Bag End with you guys. It's yeah, fun. Yeah. Um, and yeah. You may. Support me at patreon.com slash abnormalmapping. You can get Gundam uh, for $1 a month. Other podcasts for slightly more. Uh, it's a good, good proposition. I think it's a good time. People should... People should give $10 because VoIP Life is the best podcast. But if you're not sure about giving the Abnormal Mapping Network $10, you should give them $5 and listen to the Rain Man episode, which is actually a VoIP Life episode. Of, of blockbusters. <laughs> yes. Um, because that is a fucking VoIP Life ass podcast. Yeah, we just kind of talk about some other shit while we're meant to be talking about Rain Man. <laughs> is that the Schwarzenegger one? Oh my no. god. No. You've asked me this twice now. I don't you're remember. You're thinking about twins. You're thinking you're about thinking twins. Running Man. Oh, Running No, you're man. thinking about twins. No, no, no. We had this conversation two days ago, and she was thinking of Running Man. Running Man, Rain Man. Weatherman. <laughs> okay, it was, it was because of the title, not because of the content yeah. of the movie. I've never seen either of them. Yeah. Um, Autumn. You find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. All the podcasts at exportodd.io. You should listen to Hot Singles, music podcast, or Nate Stairwells, a movie podcast, or Bag End Book Club, or Ars Arcanum. <laughs> Club? Club. Wedgie Gambo. Wedgie Gambo. Um, you can find me on Twitter at neither Nora. Find stuff I've done at norablake.online. I'm trying to update that site. It was very, it was like two years out of date. There were three podcasts on the podcast page, and two of them are dead. Yeah. So, uh, patreon.com slash export audio. We're moving soon. Yes, we are. So, if you've People been thinking. People have been pledging a lot lately, and it's been a huge help, and I would just say you should pledge more. Yes, unlimited pledging. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you do, you'll get patron exclusive podcasts like. Back to the Ark, a Marble Hornets podcast, Godzilla's Not Dead, a Godzilla podcast, uh, and who knows what other patron-exclusive podcasts we've got in the tank for the future. When we move, I want to, like, after we move, I want to, like, take a take stock of, like, okay, here's what we're doing. What might I tweak about that? We're kind of, like, just keeping on right now, but, you know, I feel like... I feel like I want to do like a little something more that's like just for the patrons. So that, yeah. will, that will happen after we move because I can't really think about it right now. Thank so. you for joining us to talk about Thrawn Trilogy. Next episode that comes out will be about Jedi Search, I believe it's called. The first in the Jedi Academy Trilogy, which is the series that followed this in publication. Yeah. Uh, and until next time... Kill the Jedi in your head.